This is Radically Alive Women's Edgecast. We can do anything, and I know that sounds really corny and really cliche, but women forget that they can do anything. Hello and welcome, Flores New. Welcome to Radically Alive Women's Edgecast. We're sitting here just outside the Tauranga Food Show, and I walked in the first day and saw your stall, which is about a Samoan Cocoa Women's Farmers Collaborative. And I would love to hear from you. What is it that you do? For the past nine years, I've actually been on a big journey just going back to my ancestral land in Samoa and literally kind of fell into cacao growing again. We grow a lot of things, a lot of our indigenous foods on our land, but I think the thing that inspired me or the plant that inspired me most was cacao and it was just something that connected with me when I was on my ancestral land and felt my ancestors there really reaching out to me at a really difficult time in my life and it was kind of a crossroads. I see cacao as medicine, as sustenance and life force and I really believe that that was the way that my ancestors could connect to me and for me to become the next custodian of our land over in Samoa. And so, yeah, I always get emotional about talking about this because I've lost both my parents and they have been in the cacao work, farming and cultivating cacao for many, many years, for four generations. I'm the fourth generation. And I think I'm the only generation that's kind of taken it abroad to another level with value-adding and chocolate and other things now that I'm doing with it. But not only that, but also working with other women to inspire them who are wanting to become entrepreneurs, to be themselves, to have power in what they're doing and be empowered by what they're doing on the land and for their families and communities. And I think that in itself, it started in my village, I think, but it has now become sort of like a network of women uh, around the Pacific, mostly. And now, of course, I connect with New Zealand through my product and Australia and India and all, all over the place. So I think it's um, really beautiful that my ancestors were able to connect with me at that vulnerable time in my life and that I was able to see and heed that sign and then now taking that to the next level, to nutrition, to empowering women from within and knowing that we can do anything. And I know that sounds really corny and really cliche, but women forget that they can do anything. Yeah. How did you learn that? How did you find out? How did I find out? That you could do anything, um, that you could do what you're doing. I think, you know, obviously having a big, such a big life myself, uh, I was, you know, I lost my parents at a very young age. I'm the youngest of 15. And, you know, we grew up in Samoa in, a, I guess, society that people would look at and think it's poor. But now when I look back at it, we're so rich in all of what we have in our land the abundance that nature provides for us and I think just switching that way of thinking was really important to me and I think it didn't happen to me until I became very ill and I knew that kind of life was on a thread. I was a single mum from when my baby was one year old and now she's 18 and you know sort of going through those stages in life 
and just figuring out yourself. And I think if it wasn't for that trip back home to Samoa, and I think really the land was calling me, and my ancestors calling me through cacao. And I think that's just was the connector for me, just to have my feet and my hands in the soil again. And being there and understanding that it's okay to fail, it's okay to stumble, but you can get up again and start again. And I think that's an important thing that nature shows us, the regeneration, the ability to heal itself. And I think that's what really connected with me and what was happening in sort of my artificial life. <laughs> but yeah, I've had a big life. I've been through cancer. I've been through a really abusive relationship and I've been through trying to be a mother and trying to be everything to your child to bring them up in the best way that you possibly can. And I think we just put so much pressure on ourselves as women to do everything. Now, instead of me thinking that I can do everything, I will just say to myself, I can do anything, the things that I choose to do and to do well and to be very present in what I'm doing there. And those are the things that I'm seeing now later in my life. I'm in my late 40s. I'm seeing them happening. I'm seeing the connections happening naturally and organically. I'm seeing healing through the food that I'm growing and also inspiring other people, especially women, to support their communities, their families in an organic way, like with food and with taking care of them. We've built like this little network of like-minded people and growers, food producers, people that are all thinking about the planet and all thinking about how we need to heal ourselves and then heal the planet and then heal what part of the world and what communities in the world that we're connected to. And we have to start from within. We can't just go out there and think we can do <laughs> absolutely everything. It's about reining it in and starting in here. That's my message and that's what I bring with my food, cocoa beans, which I've turned into a little enterprise. And it's really mostly a social enterprise because I wanted to inspire women to see that they can dream something and then they can put it into action and become reality. I heard you say yesterday, I think, something about planet-conscious yeah. enterprise. What is the planet-conscious in terms of nature, yeah. other nature? Yeah, when, when I arrived back in Samoa and I had this, I guess, a light bulb went off and I think in, in a really terrible way it came to light <laughs> because I actually tried to end my life when I went back home. And when I saw the inspiration with the cacao pods in our plantation and I saw that light, I saw a bigger force in me and God, if you like, or the universe speaking to you, nature speaking to you. And I think it was really about me becoming conscious of who I am and how tiny I am, like a tiny grain of soil in that whole scheme of the piece of this world. And I guess how insignificant I am as well when it comes to that, but also that this little insignificant thing is also part of a much bigger universe out there. And to be really conscious of that from myself first and how I can then work my way out from within and that means what I do being able to affect and touch other people I had to be conscious of how my actions would negatively impact somebody or positively impact somebody and I think growing organically was what inspired me thinking that 
my actions here is going to impact the water, the waterways, the soil, the nutrition in the soil, the biodiversity of everything. And just working around that and then going from there as kind of like a ripple effect into everything that we do in life. And that is our impact on the planet, really. It's not just animals, it's not just people, it's plants and everything around. And so I developed my planet conscious philosophy, which is what I use within the work that I do because of me being aware of myself. For example, if I had taken my own life, you know, that's going to impact my daughter and my family and my friends and, you know, all of those people. Those things could just kind of came to me and I thought, from now on, I'm going to be, try and be conscious of everything that I do and the impact that I have on the planet on other people, on humans, on the air that we breathe and all of that. So I had to really think about that. So, you know, when you go shopping and you think, do I really need that? Or do I really need a new outfit? Or, you know, just some really small things, but just to be conscious of that. And when you get angry in traffic and start yelling at people and doing all of that, you know, being conscious of all of those things that we forget, like stamping on a plant or a flower that could be something that is useful. I don't know, all of those things, when you have traumatic experiences, I think you really tend to sit back and really just smell the roses and think, how do I begin this again and do it the right way? And I mean, I'm not going to be perfect. But I think us women, we're more conscious of that. I think because we're able to create life within us, we can see that happening from right from the time that we give birth to watching our children grow and develop. Yeah. And so that was just me wanting to support or to develop or create a business that was all about being conscious of absolutely everything in the planet. Business is patriarchal in mm. a way because it's yeah. about profit. Mm -hmm. And what you're describing with planet conscious is more like a grownness. Yes, yes. Where Gaia and the evolution is part of the enterprise or of the yeah. endeavor that you're the project. Mm -hmm. And I hear you're already doing that, and I'm glad about that to find that is already existing. And also want to say that I've noticed it's so, so quick to say, oh, this is just the little things. Mm. The, the little things make up the big things. Yes. Yeah. Just like we, yeah. as each individual, make up the big thing of yeah. human culture yes. on the planet. Today I was driving from Rotorua here and just looking at how beautiful the drive is and how wonderful nature is and how beautiful this country is and what its people strive for and what it stands for as well. And I think there's a certain community out there and I think it's a growing community as well of people who are becoming conscious and aware of how we need to be a little bit more gentler <laughs> with the universe, with the world that we live in. And mostly to be gentle with ourselves. And I think that's why I connect so much to soil and land is because it's my heritage. Every Samoan, when they're born, they're actually born with the rights to own land, to have that. And we're very lucky and we forget that. And I think me as a woman in a patriarchal society in Samoa, and me being a woman going back and doing all of that kind of really upset a lot of people in the village, you know, the male population, the male council and the, the male chiefs and all of that because it's unusual. But I think to me it's natural. It's so natural that a woman should go back and bring all those things together and gather everyone together and sing and 
whether you're giving thanks, giving praise, or giving women opportunities, like allowing them opportunities to thrive. And I had that feeling when I was looking for a young girl to support within my work that I do. And there's now a young woman in the village who's 25 and has five children to support and a single mom. And I really put myself out there in, in the universe to say, I need this kind of person to come and share the work that I'm doing and kind of be like my, I don't know, someone that I can pass on this because my child lives in New Zealand, of course, but also someone in their community that can embrace their independence and it's not the end of the world that you're 25 and you don't have a husband to support you that you can actually take charge yourself and do it and I really wanted her to be able to learn that from what I was doing and she did she said it to me in the second day of work she said I love what you're doing and I'm so inspired by you and uh, she said I never thought that a woman alone in the village could do what you're doing. Nobody knows that you're doing all of this because we don't see you. You're in plantation all the time. And then you come and you take all these things under the cover of darkness. You take all these things to the market and you're sharing what you're growing with other people. And then coming and creating your chocolate treats and your things and then you're sharing that and now you're taking it overseas. And she really got it for someone with very little education and very little me communicating to her just kind of showing her the way, she got it. And I was thinking, there is hope. There is hope that this young woman can thrive and be something to her children and be an inspiration to her own children. I mean, that is already women's mm. collaboration yeah. happening. And yeah. I think that's a really natural thing for women. What is it that you're bringing in terms of women collaborating for organic farming? Yeah, so I started, I'll go back to 2018, I started an NGO, which was the first women's farming organization in Samoa, because there wasn't one. It's all completely male-dominated. And I was so upset one day in one of the meetings where they completely laughed and ignored me when I talked about organics. And so I thought, no, we need to start our own group, our own organization. So we did, and it's SWAG. And that went on for two years, and then I moved away from that because sometimes you create something and the people that you bring in it, they have different ideas as well. So that sort of branched off to a more like a business enterprise kind of organization where they are supporting business people and supporting women still, but they're also not organic. So they're not sort of going in the planet conscious direction that I had hoped and set it up for. So I wanted to bring together grassroots women, women that were in the village who were like me, who were beginning again and didn't have that support. There's a lot of domestic violence in our community. And so there's a lot of women out there who are either widowers or divorce separated through domestic violence and all of that. So those are kind of like the grassroots women that I work with, where I set up workshops to help them learn about farming, about cocoa farming, about how to value add how to prune trees, just very simple things, but also just how to be resilient, like just to persevere with what they're doing and to continue doing it and not give up. And I think just creating that network of women. And when I started running my agritours, so I run agritourism experiences and I would invite the women to come and 
partake in it, support and help it, and then they would see that it was actually working where we could invite other women's groups. So New Zealand Global Women, I think they're called Global Women New Zealand, there was 35 women who came to Samoa to run a whole day's event on my farm. And so we're connecting with New Zealand, and these are sort of like women leaders in New Zealand. They're from very big enterprises, CEOs, general managers of businesses here in New Zealand. And so they wanted to come and meet women in my village and connect with them and to really just to inspire each other and to find a way to also support what we're doing in our community. Like, for example, our women's committee there are trying to rebuild their committee house where they go in to weave and do their crafts and everything and then they sell it to help support the children and the community in general in the village. So they have all these little mini projects and so New Zealand Global Women came to support that and they did the tour and they paid for it so that was donated to the village, to the women in the village. So that's a new thing that I'm doing and then on an international level I'm on the committee for Poetcom Women's Chapter. So Poetcom is the leading certifying body and part of SBC in the Pacific for organic certification and so it's recognized widely within the region. Again you know it's male dominated in all of those spaces so we had to figure out a way that we can really support women who are actually working in organics and right throughout the value chain and support the work that they're doing, making sure that they're getting what they need, that they're not being overlooked with funding or with any of the opportunities and experiences that they can have access to through programs that are being funded by external donors or government donors, that sort of thing. So all of that work is really important and we have to talk about gender equality within that space. I think agriculture is very male dominated anywhere in the world. I think in the Pacific it's even more so and so I think we have to work extra hard as women to be recognized for the work that we do in agriculture and it's important for us to be in agriculture because we're the ones that guide the soil and support and, and understand nature and how to be attuned with all of that, all of those signals and signs that we need to relearn again as indigenous people in the Pacific. So I find that we're very quickly moving away from that. We're losing our indigenousness in terms of the knowledge that our ancestors had passed on to us. Like for me, being on the land and growing my food, there is no such thing as organic and indigenous. We were already doing it. It just took maybe some external people coming in to say, hey, you need to look at what you're doing because you're using too much pesticides and synthetic inputs. But those things came in in 1975 and we never had it before. So the generation of my mom, she didn't have it. So I watched my mom and my great-grandfather and grandfather, they were very specific about what we do on our land and what we don't allow on our land. And that was tapu, tapu meaning sacred. And I think a lot of people in my country anyway, they still remember that, but they're not practicing it because for some reason, external parties come in and think that industrial and commercial farming is the be-all and end-all and that profit, this thing profit, is going to kind of take us into the future and it's going to magically 
give us some kind of huge power and rise to everything and yet we're dying we're dying from the very things that we're throwing into our soil and into our waterways and all of that and they're all now trying to spend all this money to figure out what cancer is and why it's happening and what's the cure and everything the cure is very simple go back and do things the way that your ancestors had done them and go back and eat from your cultural landscape. Stop putting the poison into the soil, into the water. Stop putting poison into our minds. All of the things that, and I'm going to sound like a crazy lady, but all these things I think about every day when I'm on the land. I'm thinking, that's why this is happening. And it's all just light bulb after light bulb coming to me. And you can't have that when you're in this busyness with the traffic and everything. People just trying to make a profit, make a bit here and there. And I think... With this show, when I come, and I've actually watched that here, but I've also watched a lot of people who are very passionate about what they do, like the food that they're creating and really strongly believe in it and the ingredients that they're using. They're conscious of that, and that's why they're here in this kind of show. And this is why I come to this kind of thing. And it was easy for me to say yes when they invited me. And I was sponsored by the show to come here, so it was fantastic. Thank you so much to Tauranga Food Show and Bay Events for having me here. Can you say a couple of sentences about cacao and the plant? Well, I'm not a scientist or a food technologist, but I just know intuitively that cacao is a medicine. And even my great-grandfather thought that it wasn't brought by the Germans, <laughs> that it had come through by way of Peru through the migration in the time of us sort of moving within the Pacific and looking for land. And the incredible thing about Samoa is that we created a food system with cacao. And I think very few or no other countries in the Pacific have done that. And I think cacao, the properties I know, it gives me a lot of amazing energy to start my day. And it gives me a lot of happiness. And I think other than that, it has a great source of magnesium, selenium, very, very good with fiber, a little bit of protein, all of the goodness that you, antioxidants, you know, which is fantastic, great for the heart. And Really, I think once you eat cacao in its purest form, and that's our business, its purest form, you know, you feel it in your body. And I think it's like that with any food. When you eat the food that is grown right and that is produced and processed in the, not processed, but like obviously sun-dried and all of that, the less processing, the better. But, you know, when you eat food that is whole, wholesome and whole, your body tells you that you feel good. I've come here over the past week and there's so many sick people around me and I'm just eating my cacao <laughs> and going, no, I'm not going to get sick, you know, and just telling myself I'm going to be absolutely fine, drinking cacao, eating the beans every day, and then just making sure that you take care of yourself, you take care of your body, stretch and you meditate and you really take time to be within you. Cacao ceremonies aside, we don't. The only ceremony that our cacao is used in is whenever there was a problem or there was like a meeting within the chiefs, within the chief council, important meetings that involve, you know, the whole community and that. And if there was ever a sort of a tense moment in there, the old people would call out, bring out the teapot of cacao. And that's what calms everybody down. And it really is, for me as a child, I was growing up knowing that cacao calms the nerves and just brings everybody back down to that level where we're all the same, we're all here for the same reason, we all want to support each other. Let's just do this the right way.
that's all I have to say about the properties of cacao. <laughs> Perfect learning. <laughs> Thank you. If you are enjoying this Edgecast and want to support it, there are various ways in which you can do that. You could share with as many people as possible the episodes that are coming out once a week. You can donate to the building of Radically Alive Women's Heart Quarters, Raw HQ, at the southern end of Lake Taupo, a compact recording and creation studio. You can become a member and with your monthly subscription not only gain access to specific content but also support the creation of the free content. And you can join live spaces to really transform your own reality, to make space for your own radical aliveness with higher levels of consciousness. You can find all the information for these offers on my website, julia-neumann.com. Hear and see you soon.